time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Thanks for being with us on Reengineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Weldy, founder of CP Weldy Group. Hey, Charles, what's going on with you this week? Not too much. I just got back from a wonderful vacation at Canyon Ranch in Tucson, Arizona. I feel invigorated, ready to go. <laughs> what was the best part of the visit? The best part is uh, relearning my eating habits. I mean, I've always been a pretty decent eater, but uh, now I'm looking at things on menus here in Philadelphia area. And if they weren't on the menu in Canyon Ranch, guess what? They don't make the cut. Oh, interesting. So, what's what's something that you're cutting? What's what's the secret? Get, I'm I'm trying to eat better too. So, give me some give me some. Well, hints. you know, I love pizza, and usually, I you know, when I get a pizza, I get like <laughs> one large and one small. And on the way home, I eat the small, and then I come home, and you know, we have a whole one left, and I might eat another piece. So, what I've been doing since I came back from Canyon Ranch is we had pizza this weekend. I had two slices and a salad on Friday, and on Saturday I had two additional pieces and. A salad. So I'm really like uh, the things that aren't healthy for you. I'm not giving them up 100 percent, but I'm really uh, monitoring my intake. Of that. So instead of uh, four pieces in one night, you're spreading the four pieces out over two days and adding a salad to it. Absolutely. <laughs> I like the strategy. Still getting your pizza. So that doesn't sound that hard. I think we can we, we could make that work. <laughs> it's not like you're one of these uh, buddy of mine told me he cut out all dairy all grains, no, you know, no rice, no bread, no nothing like that. Just, just cut it all out to lose weight. I'm like, man, what's the point in living? <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things they mentioned, and I think a lot of our listeners will agree, it's easy to gain weight. It's easy to lose weight, but what's very difficult is to maintain your weight. Yeah. And that's really the takeaway is these diets have to be a lifetime program of eating healthy and exercising and getting enough sleep. So the takeaway was the real wealth, even though we're talking about money, is your health. And uh, I'm blessed so far with uh, really good health. Yeah, it's, it's easy to fluctuate, that's for sure, when it comes to your weight. Well, you know, weight loss and, uh, and, and different weight training topics and that kind of thing, there are a lot of myths and uh, things that are hard to follow and understand and know what's the right thing for you to do. Uh, a lot of different diets out there. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't maybe the best fit for you. Just a lot of myths out there in the exercise and fitness world. And we're going to talk about myths in the financial world on today's show and bust some of the biggest financial myths that are out there. It's a pretty simple episode in that regard. Well, we want you to make sure that you're not basing your financial plan off of some sort of myth or some sort of uh, you know belief that really isn't founded in fact. So that's going to be the crux of our show today. If you're new to the program, hello and welcome. This is Reengineering Your Finances with Charles Weldy. Charles serves you throughout the Delaware and uh, Chester County areas with an office in Chadsford, PA on Route 52. You can find the team online by going to cpweldygroup.com. Also listen to past episodes of the podcast there and find all the subscribe links to listen to the show on your favorite podcasting apps, CP weldygroup.com, the place to go online. All right, so I'll throw out the financial myth. Uh, Charles, you tell us why it's a myth, uh, how often you're seeing people you know, come in believing that, and then what you do to help make sure that people are based in fact. And if you disagree with one of these and you, and you actually think it's fact and not a myth, certainly correct me if I'm wrong. Let's say this one, shifting from stocks to bonds removes the volatility from your portfolio. Why is that a myth? Well, everybody knows that in general, stocks are more volatile than bonds. But if we look at what's happening today, Walter, uh, we have historically low interest rates. And with interest rates being so low, let's face it, even though there might be another additional cut or two in the horizon, in the long term, interest rates for bonds have nowhere to go but up. 
So when interest rates go up, guess what happens to the value of the bonds that you hold? Goes down, right? Goes down. So, you know, I'm not saying there's more volatility in bonds today than stocks, but the reality of it is bonds are not, quote, a safe place to be in a rising interest rate environment because the bonds that you own will go down in value. And most people do not own individual bonds. Uh, By that, I mean, if somebody owns a 10-year bond and there's an increase in interest rate, if they hold that bond to maturity, they're not going to lose their principal. They're going to get exactly what they paid for it, assuming they bought it when it was issued. However, most people, most investors have an ownership interest in bond funds. And the bond funds have various uh, bonds with various maturities. And the reality of it is that's where the danger lies. You don't know what your neighbor's doing when things go wrong. They might be uh, liquidating their account and you're basically uh, selling your bonds for less than par value because of the interest rate environment. So to make a, a long story short, bonds might be more volatile than stocks given a potential for higher interest rates in the future. Yeah, so that's the the old standby, move out of stocks and into bonds because it's going to be safer and less volatile isn't necessarily the case these days. That's kind of an, an old truth that has become a myth over time. So that's definitely a good one to talk about on today's show. I'll take us in another direction here, Charles, another big financial myth that we need to bust. Once you're retired, life insurance is no longer necessary. Well, I never met anyone on their deathbed that said, you know what, I wish I had less life insurance. So I think when we think about life insurance, basically we're looking at, hey, what's left over for our beneficiaries? But today there's different types of life insurance. There's life insurance that actually benefit the owner of the policy. So you are the beneficiary of your own life insurance policy. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, certain policies today, you can accumulate tax-free earnings. You can also, if they're structured properly, uh, create tax-free distributions. And also, if you ever need it long-term care, there's life insurance policies that will allow you to access your death benefit in lieu of a death benefit if you need long-term care. So when you really look at some of the benefits of life insurance, and obviously you have to have good health to qualify for the life insurance uh, cost benefits, you know, that's really a myth. I mean, life insurance, everybody should have life insurance because it's the greatest asset to pass to your children or grandchildren. uh, And it's a great asset to use personally if you need to create some tax-free income or you might need some long-term care and don't want to pay for a traditional long-term care policy. It's another good myth to bust on today's show. So yeah, life insurance may not be uh, necessary for your situation, but that doesn't mean that it's definitely no longer necessary for everybody just because you've hit the retirement button. Uh, That's not really a, a related trigger. It's other life factors certainly that fall into that category. Another one here for you, Charles. Uh, There's a myth out there that you'll need less income when you retire uh, than while you were working. Well, I remember when I first started financial planning back in the mid-90s, there was what they call the 70% rule. And that basically said whatever your salary is or whatever your household income is, you perhaps need 70% of that in retirement. The reasoning was that, hey, you're not driving to work anymore. You don't need to, you know, dress up in business attire, you're going to save some business meals. But the reality of it is, we live in a world where every year, everything you need, you know, costs more. I just got back from the dentist, uh, I guess in what, late May, and I needed a tooth replacement. Uh, in order to get a tooth replacement, it's $3,000 a tooth. 
So thank Ooh, God I don't need it it's once. It's an expensive tooth. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, cable bill never goes down. Uh, medical insurance continuously goes up. Food costs continuously go up. So my answer to that myth is we need to create a rising income to take care of rising expenses in retirement. That 70% rule or that the fact that you'll need less in retirement, I'm just not a buyer of that myth. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely an interesting one to talk about. Again, it's just sort of assumed everything gets cut in half when uh, you know maybe you retire just because you're not doing as much. But we find time and time again, every case study it seems we look into, it just doesn't correlate that way. There's also this assumption kind of similar or along those lines that when you retire, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. Are you finding that to be the case these days? Not really. I think um, when people are retiring now with some of the pensions people have or the Social Security benefits that a husband or wife would have, if, assuming that they're married, I mean, they've got like thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 of income on their return before they even pull money from their retirement accounts. So what I'm really seeing is even though tax rates today are historically low, I think the demographics indicate that over the next five, seven, 10 years, tax rates you know, have to go up in order for the government to honor its obligations to us taxpayers. Uh, we've got all these baby boomers transitioning from the payrolls onto the entitlement rolls. So we have Social Security being you know, taken more and more by recipients every day, and that's going up by maybe 2% a year. We have Medicare now that people turn 65, they're off their employer's health care, even if they're still working, generally, you know, if they're not a large employer, and they're transitioning to Medicare. And basically, right now, it's a, it's a pretty good deal. It's fairly inexpensive. But what I see, Walter, is that based upon the income on your tax return, that's going to dictate what your Medicare premiums are going to be. So it's called means testing. So my point is that, you know, taxes have nowhere to go but up in my, that's what I believe. And I think most people, when they look at it logically, hey, we're either going to have to cut benefits or raise taxes. The easier choice for the government is to raise taxes. And raising taxes is uh, something a lot of people are predicting will continue to happen throughout time. We're, we're at such low rates now, it seems like there's only one major direction that it can go in. So that would probably be the, uh, the safe money in terms of betting on where tax rates are going to go in the future. Uh, one more that I've got for you, Charles, and then if you have any additional myths you want to throw into the equation, would love to hear them. But uh, there's this thought out there that financial planning today is much easier to do without a professional because we have all this technology uh, and research available to us thanks to the internet. Well, you know, again, this might be a biased answer, but this is what I really believe in, Walter. I mean, look, today there's like uh, mutual funds, index funds, ETFs, you know, there's various, you know, providers uh, that will offer you these products per se. But I truly believe that financial planning is like really an unbelievable profession and something that people should embrace have an objective look at their finances. Hey, you know, where are you? Where do you want to go? Is there a gap? You know, is there a tax inefficiency? Is there something that, you know, a blind spot that you have that you might not see on your own? Uh, again, I think there's too much information out there that actually confuses investors. And if they actually met with a, a planner who basically had their interests at heart, and I think, you know, by and large, most planners do have their clients' interests at heart, and they got a date dollar specific financial plan, and they understood it from A to Z, when bad things happen and bad things, I'm going to 
basically classify as maybe a market decline or, you know, the negative news, what have you, that the fact that they had a written plan and they actually understood it, that that would keep their emotions in check and they wouldn't make any foolish decisions. So, you know, just to wrap up the financial planning today is much easier. I think people are people. We're all wired the same way. Sometimes we get overly um, optimistic about our abilities, and sometimes we look at things that are negative and think the worst case scenario, which probably will never happen. And a good financial planner will balance your emotions and actually help you see things maybe through a different lens. And that could mean all the difference in the world in terms of you know your retirement success. Helpful information today, Charles. Before we wrap up, any other myths you'd like to bust on today's show? Well, I'm an avid Nick Murray uh, disciple. Nick Murray is uh, probably about 76 years old. He lives in New York. He's a national speaker. He used to work for Payne Weber uh, many years ago. So I guess I'm dating myself too. But Nick, I go to his um, annual conference in New York once a year. And one of the things that really stands out, you know, that he always talks about is when bear markets occur and bear markets are defined as a 20% or more decrease in the, the market, when they occur, people who have sane reasoning often act like, you know, as if they're insane because they think this time it's different, you know, and, and the reality of it is, is like, it's part of human nature. We're always going to have, you know, periods of, you know, bear markets, bull markets, steady markets. And, um, it's always the same. I mean, there's always going to be a different negative bit of information that will drive the market down. But over time, if we realize that, hey, short term, unknowable, long term, inevitable, this time it's not different, then I think we'll be able to keep our emotions in check and be a better investor no matter where our investments lie. It's very good information there, Charles. A good parting thought for today's show. So have you, as you listen to today's show, identified with some of these myths? Have you always subscribed to that thought that shifting from stocks to bonds removes the volatility from your portfolio or that once you retire, life insurance is no longer necessary? Or one of the other myths that we talked about on today's show might be a good sign that it's time to rethink your financial plan, get a checkup of where you stand right now, because maybe the foundation of your plan was built on some some faulty or outdated thinking. That's what we find happens all the time, because we kind of lean on the people that came before us, and you might be planning for retirement in the same way that your parents did. Uh, but it's, it's a little bit different now how the game is designed. Even from just a couple of years ago, if you had a friend who retired, you know, a decade ago, uh, things are a little different now in terms of how these things play out, how you want to plan financially. You need to be able to adjust to the current trends and times of putting together a solid financial plan. That's something that Charles Weldy can do for you. If you have questions about your plan and want to get in touch, here are a couple of ways. You can give a call to 610-388-7705. Again, that's 610-388-7705. Or you can go online to cpweldygroup.com and get in touch through the website. That's cpweldygroup.com, your place to go online. As always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere. Uh, pretty much that you probably subscribe and listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out all our old episodes, breaking down some of the topics that we heard on today's show in more in-depth, plus lots of other additional topics as well. Charles, thanks for all the help on today's show. Enjoyed it, and we'll look forward to another good conversation next time. Thank you, Walter. For Charles Weldy, I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time back here on Reengineering Your Finances.
Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.